What's up, everybody? This is the afternoon edition of Joshua T. Berglund's Morning Gratitude. You know, because it's morning somewhere and it's never too late for gratitude. Uh, it's good to see you guys, everybody listening right now on Spotify, on iHeartRadio, on iTunes, on Google Play, Anchor, and, of course, everybody watching right now on Facebook Live and YouTube. What's up, Jennifer? How you doing, my friend? It's good to see you. Uh, I'm doing great. I had a lot of fun earlier today doing street gratitude, and uh, I'm dropping my microphone. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, this is the afternoon edition of Morning Gratitude, and my mic is not wanting to stay still. Sit there, dude. Just sit there. Golly. You know, here we go. Stay. Stay. Okay. It's stay. Anyway, so we're doing the afternoon edition of Morning Gratitude, and it's really good to see you guys. We... Um, have a guest that has been on the show before, and we had a lot of fun, and um, I'm excited to have him back. I'll read you his bio for the sake of the radio audience so you know who the heck this is, but uh, Jamie helps trainers, online coaches, and small business owners to develop their content distribution and strategy for social media and YouTube. Mr. Nuttleman has been a professional in the fitness industry for over 10 years, focusing on digital marketing, private one-on-one -on -one consulting, and empowering his clients to adopt a health-based lifestyle. Jamie's love for fitness and holistic health comes from the desire to live the best possible lifestyle while feeling a sense of harmony on the inside. Jamie lives in Toronto, Canada, where he enjoys getting out into nature and sharing moments with his most dedicated friends, clients, and family. And oh, by the way, this broadcast is brought to brought to you by Attorney King Anapur. Uh, you can call 619-333-3333. He's by far the world's best accident attorney. He's just freaking an awesome human being, too. So um, if you have you know anybody uh, that's had a traffic accident or you've been one yourself, he is the guy to call. He's the best. Um, he is in San Diego. Uh, but I believe he takes on cases all over the world. He is absolutely amazing. And also, uh, this broadcast is brought to you by the Omni Group Global, amazing company uh, that can serve all your business needs. If you're looking to launch a brand, you need to contact them first. Um, anyway, all right, let's do this. Ladies and gentlemen, the one, the only, Mr. Jamie Nuttleman. How you doing, man? What up? What Welcome up? back to the show, my friend. Thank you. Round two. You've been a, uh, a, a, a live video creating machine since I last saw you. <laughs> Have I? Uh, you know, it's funny. I like going on Facebook Live and just talking and being completely transparent and vulnerable. I think it's uh, the best way to show what your heart has to say on the inside. 
Ah, the power of vulnerability. We are going to talk about that since you brought it up. But first things first, what are you grateful for this afternoon, my friend? Uh, Honestly, I'm grateful for the fact that I'm actually doing what I love and that everything surrounding my life is something that brings happiness to my everyday experience. So constantly evolving. (laughs) That is, there's something to that. Because (laughs) (laughs) I... Rachel, good to see you guys. Uh, and Jennifer, wonderful, wonderful seeing you too. And everybody listening on the radio can come check us out on Joshua T. Bergwin's Morning Gratitude um, right here on Facebook. So getting to do what you love is is such an amazing thing. And every once in a while, admittedly, admittedly like I'm doing, this is what I love to do. Like yesterday, even sick. I could, my throat was so swollen, I could barely talk. And... But I had to do a 6 a.m. I, I was offered to do a 6 a.m. interview on Lauren Harris's show. And I thought about canceling. And I go, yeah, but I really freaking love doing this. And so I was like, all right, screw it. I'll just drink some water and <laughs> go on and make it happen. And then proceeded to do three more interviews. And, like, I genuinely love it. This is what I dreamed of doing as a child and as doing. And I, and I felt like, what is this really saying if I don't get up and do this? Because I truly love it. And when you love and enjoy what you're doing, it doesn't really matter how you feel. Like, screw your feelings. Like, you get to do this. Like, I get to do this. And for you to say that, it, it hits home for me because it is a blessing. And, like, what you're doing and what you get to create day in, day out is a blessing. I mean, it, it's incredible. But let me ask you something. When you were getting started in your business and, and, and with this in this industry – did you ever have those moments of panic where like, crap, I better go get a job? Oh, yeah. Uh, it's funny. We may, we may have spoken about it last time. I remember that was January. But to answer the question really quickly, but, like this happens a lot. Like I'll, I'll answer it like right up front. You have moments that are good and you have moments that are bad. And the only thing that will either stop you from doing what you are supposed to do is the doubt, the fear, and the the internal conflict we feel because we're not choosing here. This little sucker here in our, you know, our brain and our head will completely throw us off and it'll try to consume and think logically about it when really just go with the flow. Have you ever noticed that any, everything we do that, that comes from the heart is always in a flow state. I feel like it has a correlation to this, this guy here. So when I started and this was about three, three and a half years ago, I had no idea what I was doing. I had a clear image of where I was going, but I didn't know what was good, bad, or the best strategy, if there was one. But there was definitely a lot of doubt in saying to myself, maybe I should just get a job to help me maintain while I build this to get to where I want to be. So I'll say, yeah, (laughs) it happened quite a bit. So I want to give a shout out really quick to 11, Mr. Nick Harris. It's good to see you. I hope you're enjoying Miami, Nick. Um, it's it's so funny. Every time I get scared, I just start looking for a job and I read, I'll, I'll read everything, like the description of the job going, yeah, I'd be fired in a week. <laughs> I would be, I would try to, I would try to take the CEO's job in about two weeks and then lose my job a week after that. I, I get, and I do that. It's, it's funny. This is, this is the honest to God truth. I start looking for a job when I get scared or I'm like going, okay, God, I know that this is what you want me to do. I know this is what you didn't place these visions 
in my life for no reason. But mm-hmm. like, where am I going? Like, what's the next step? What do I do? And so I get impatient sometimes. Then I start looking for a job. And in about 30 minutes into looking for a job, I get a call reminding me of why I don't want a job and why I get to go back and do this. And it's amazing. Every time. It's like, for instance, my mom's in real estate. Every time her, her business slows down, she, she goes on vacation. And then all of a sudden her business like starts picking up again. So like, <laughs> I think looking at Indeed is my thing to do to trigger my vision going forward. I don't know what it is, but that's you know what, what I do. Let me explain this to you. I, I, it's funny you, you mentioned your mom. Um, I was on a call with my mom yesterday and she doesn't have a, a she, like she's turning, uh, I think 59 this year. I don't, I don't even know, uh, near 60, right? And baby boomers don't really understand the technology. Some do, but there's many who are just not understanding, especially a business. Um, and she's always worked in that corporate scene. Uh, nothing wrong with that, by the way. Nine to five, it's a great lifestyle. Um, if you can figure out the loose ends, you know, energy focus, the stuff I used to do, which I clearly um, have, have gone to a point of, understanding today but on the phone call it, it got to the point where she says i don't know what you do but you can literally i'm proud that you're consistently moving and you're finding ways to make it happen for you and to work you're not slowing down and i think that's the the main point here um you said she takes trips when there's less work that's uh that's a great way to learn how to grow the way you think mentally you know you take a vacation different perspective I've been talking about this too recently because I just went on a trip to New York. I've come, I went to the trip with a lot of uncertainty about what you mentioned in my bio and we'll get to that later. But now I've come back and with a big pivot in what I do for my career, I now know in here that I mentioned earlier, it's 150%. I can see it now because I travel. So in that conversation, I'm like, I'm always finding a way to move. And if I ever was to look at a job like on Indeed, something that I would want to do just to create a quick, you know, two, 3000 a month, I can tell that over time I'll be itching to do more or I'll be wanting to mix it up or I'm going to want to, I'm going to slow down and get bored. And that's the, that's really, that's something that, that struck home when, like when, when you said that, because for me, I've been there so many times contemplating, but then I know I'm going to butcher this and I'm going to want to go on my own road again, my own journey. <laughs> it's good. Every time. And, yeah. and I get, and I'm, I swear to you, and I read the job descriptions just going, God, this sounds miserable. You know, I mean, in comparison to what I've had the opportunity to do and just, and I'm a creator. I love to create. I love to, I really, really enjoy working with, you know, whether it's strategic partnerships and just putting people together, connecting and, and helping them go on to, do something that's extraordinary. And and I that is so to me, that brings so much joy to my heart because you're facilitating someone's dreams coming true. Like that is that's not a job, but yet you get paid to do it. And it's amazing. And it, and then like and that is such a blessing to get to do. But then sometimes you know deals can take six months, a year, year and a half to develop. There's contracts, there's lawyers, there's all this crazy stuff. And it's like, oh God, I'm getting anxiety. Like I have moved, I have two movie projects going on right now, and wow. I won't see money until obviously they start filming, like for these documentaries. And and it's like, and I'm sitting here chewing up my nails. I just got off the phone just now. I have a product that's going on QVC. I've been waiting a year and a half for this to happen, and like things just keep, you know, like little things here and here, here and there with manufacturing. 
And it's like, oh my gosh, like enough already. And I also know that if I go look for a job too, that I'm going to quit in like two weeks or a month because when these other things happen, it's, 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 I won't need to work ever again. <laughs> so it's like, it, it's just this funny game of just getting in my head and, and not staying in my heart. But if I'm in my heart and I just know that I'm doing everything I'm supposed to do and everything's going to work out beautifully, but man, the, the mind lies to us a lot. And it's, speaking uh, of the mind, yep, yep. how about that mushroom coffee? <laughs> I, I actually had it today. Funny story. I basically, I've been, no, I haven't drank coffee for two, three months due to uh, detoxing, but I had it today. Feeling really good, dude. When you cut something out that's a stimulant base for a long time and you bring it back, you really feel the effects and you do so much better compared to just consistently having this need to drink it every day. You know what I mean? So how did you, whoa, Naomi from Tokyo, what's up? Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> how cool is that? Thanks. Uh, give me, wow, that is a, Naomi, thank you so much. Super cool. All the way from Tokyo, Japan. Wow. Um, so, Jamie, how did you get, like, what did you do? Because when people cut out caffeine or they cut out whatever helps them get throughout the day and they stop it. For two months, like, what did you do to help you get through the day initially? Because I know eventually you got used to it, but mm -hmm. what did you do to get through the day and kind of like just power through? Because I know you're a busy guy. Well, that's the thing. Um, and I, I've been pivoting in my direction. So with that, you mentioned there's a lot of anxiety. There's a lot of fear when it comes to these longer, you know, projects to have a, you know, uh, you know, it takes time for it to come into re like a reality. It might take a year, year and a half. So when you're consistently using coffee, pre-workout, different stimulants, whether or not you tamper with other types of, you know, the tropics, that stuff, you become attached to it. There is an addiction with this stuff, uh, just like cigarettes, just like alcohol. Um, even weed can be addicting to a certain degree because it does solve a problem. It allows us to alleviate pain. So we use that. When I cut out coffee, it wasn't just coffee alone. I cut out sugar, which is also something that goes alongside with it. I also cut out alcohol consumption for quite some time, too. And then I also cut back on wheat and any deep fried product. I literally, I was doing alongside what a candida cleanse would be, where you're removing everything that would damage your body, which would damage your gut. And we need our gut because the gut-brain connection is very crucial. It's important. Um, and in the current day and age, everything around us is damaging our bodies, whether or not we try to solve it or not solve it. So the one thing I realized that when I cut out coffee, if you cut out coffee and sugar at the same time, you will get massive migraines, you get massive headaches. You're not going to feel good. Uh, and then for me, that's what I went through. But it's almost like a three day hump. You feel as if there's certain things that will hold you to wanting to drink coffee. A good example is. Um, the feeling of having a warm drink every morning or something to have. Like, for instance, I have Perrier here because I like drinking sparkling water. Right. So it's a matter of having something to consume. So when I cut out coffee, I replaced it with ginger tea, zero caffeine, uh, zero addictive properties, just something that I can sip on. And that completely stopped my brain from assuming it needs coffee to go, 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 to grind, grind, grind. Wait, so, yeah. Ginger tea, right? Yeah. I was using ginger tea, um, which obviously – it's better to buy fresh because <laughs> you can just cut up ginger and throw it in. 
add a bit of honey if you want that. If you still have sugar, um, add a little bit of uh, cinnamon, and you're off to the races. It's just something nice. Okay, because I'm going to try it. I'm ready. I've been doing intermittent fasting, and yes. I'm such a fan of it, but now I'm ready to start kind of like weaning off of caffeine, which God help us all, me no caffeine, but I, you know, caffeine helps me focus, but at the same time, I, I know that I have some kind of physical need to have caffeine, you know, it's, it's in my yeah. head that... I don't think that that's necessarily right. So I want to test myself. And now that I've proven that I can do fat, I can fast and survive and not only survive, do a hundred times better than I would have ever imagined and lose weight and feel stronger somehow. Like how in the heck am I stronger fasting? Can you explain that to me? So, so funny story before we go into this, I've actually, um, it's funny. I'm still in the health industry. I still coach people, um, but I've let I've let go of most of my training and online work just because I'm pivoting. So I don't talk about this too much anymore. But the one thing I know is that when you um, and the reason I say that, by the way, is just because people come to me for a lot of help. And um, I'm now doing something different because of here um, just to make that disclaimer. But when I talk about so fasting in itself, the reason it's so good is because the body, um, number one, it does increase growth hormone. Now, I don't have any research or claims as to why I've done a little bit of I've done a little bit of it on my own uh, time. But um, right. since I've stopped, you know, the researching because I just know what if something works, basically do it. And if you have no negative side effect, then right. keep doing it. So I'll keep it that simple just because I don't want to be really crazy with technical detail. Um, but, yeah, it increases growth hormone. I think it's by like twelve hundred percent because the body will secrete um, growth hormone throughout the day. Sometimes it's at 10 p.m. I think it. It just happens periodically throughout your day. I can't give an actual scientific answer because I just don't fully know. Um, but coffee does increase that growth hormone. And also on top of that, your body necessarily doesn't need food in terms of consumption right away. And the reason you feel so energetic is because you're burning through glucose and then you're tapping into fat store burning, right? Let's say you eat all day and your final meal is at 11 p.m. and you go to bed by 12. If that meal was very high in carbs very deep in terms of it's something that's going to spike blood sugar and your insulin in terms of how it regulates blood sugar is right. probably not that good. I'm trying to explain this in a simple way. If you sleep for eight hours, your body's going to try and turn that. Uh, it's going to get that glucose into the system. Um, and if there's any extra lying around and you wake up in the morning and then have a carb filled meal, you know, you go to, let's say in corporate, you go and there's, there's donuts, there's muffins, or there's all this bready, starchy food you're adding to that same process that's not done. So when you fast, the body's still burning off everything. And when you add something like coffee or, as we just previously uh, talked about, you know, mushroom coffee, you're accelerating um, a bit more metabolic boosts, right? There's some claims saying that coffee can help you burn more fat. It also blunts hunger. So that feeling of wanting to eat is necessarily not you being hungry. It's just your system used to this whole concept of breakfast. Uh, so the fasting thing is cool because you can, number one, um, push your meals later. Number two, eat less. And number three, lose weight and feel way more energetic and focused without having to feel like your day is dragging on with fatigue and exhaustion. One of my friends um, who is a wrestler, who, you know, they, they're fasting is like a practice. It's kind of like it's like breathing for them, I think. Yep. Um, <clears throat> he he told me that when, you know, we were hunting for our food. 
we our brain by that that hunger part when we don't have food in our system our brain goes on heightened awareness looking and searching for food like we need to be fully aware and that's why I, th- that would be explain what the mental clarity that i've had since i started doing it um but i'm finding too that i can go longer like technically i was supposed to eat at noon i'm not really I'm kind of hungry, but honestly, if I keep drinking this water, I'm not going to be hungry again for another two hours. Mm-hmm. And then I stop. I Technically, I'm supposed to stop eating at eight, but I've been eating my last meals at six. And I've been shocked with how good I've done one and just feel better. And then when I go to the gym, I, I my workouts are better than they've been in forever. And my, the inflammation of my body is also gone, which is... Huh. It's, 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 I'm, I, honestly, I'm only eight days into it, but I'm blown away by it. I'm a huge fan. You'll find that uh, the energy boost you get from fasting is incredible. And there's a lot of things, right? Every single, because we spoke about this last time, and I made a simple point that every single person watching and around you is different. Uh, so that means that some person might have a gut floor issue. So their stomach might not be able to digest food properly. They might have an, you know, an autoimmune disease on the uprising, or they might have, some other condition, maybe genetic cancers in the family and it's being passed down. A lot of these things happen to people um, around us. And sometimes the answer is not the same. And, th- and that's what really sparked my interest in uh, diving deeper into the nutritional side of things, analyzing the details as to why you want to hack health, why you want to biohack, why you want a system and uh, you know strategy in place that is just for you. Because if you know you wake up and coffee is going to kill you right away in terms of how you feel, then wait right. a couple hours. But then if you work out in the morning right away, then you have coffee, then you shower. If that protocol gets you feeling in the place you want to feel in here, not here, just because you're, you you got to be somewhere, you got to be all tactical. If you're feeling good here in your heart and the energy's right and you're positive, there's zero narcissistic traits and people around you draining you, you know, energy vampires, then you're set. Your day is solid. You're going to feel right. And that's why the fasting is so bulletproof in a sense, because it allows you to feel so laser focused on what you do. Oh, you know what I mean? absolutely. That's funny that you say that too, because I've, I've noticed, because I walk, my morning routine is I get up at five, do my quiet time. Then I walk to the gym, yep. work out, walk back, um, you know, shower, then get ready, do my, do my morning show. And, um, but I've noticed like my walks back from the gym where normally I'm just like a ravaged dog hungry for food. Now I'm just like, I'm like la- almost laughing at myself. <laughs> like, just like I'm walking, laughing, having fun, just going, I live in San Diego, smiling at everything I'm seeing going. And I, I swear to you, people must think I'm uh, high as a kite or something, but I'm not just, it's just something about what's happening with the, the, this fasting. I love it. So I, I don't want to spend the whole time talking about this, but I just wanted to know your opinion on it. What, um, what, what's been going on for you, man? That's been, it's been since January, since you've been on the show mm-hmm. and it sounds like you're going through some changes and a bit of an evolution and a growth cycle. What's going on with you? Uh, it's interesting because, you know, I'm known as being the health guy. I've been in health and fitness for 10 plus years, starting when I was a teenager. And, you know, I've shut, I, this year I made the conscious decision through doing and realizing that I need to shut down personal training. So I've shut that down. And then it, it dawned on me after trying to do a small bit of a promotion for health and fitness, 
I never felt really comfortable in the first place in my, in my stomach, you know, like gut feeling. I just didn't, it wasn't here. Even in my heart, I felt like I just don't want to do this anymore. And I have a couple, I had a couple clients. 2017 was a great year, but this year I'm not feeling it. And I previously, um, before I get into that, I, I was in denial and I was lying to myself, which I think a lot of us go through specifically because we're not uh, per se doing what we want to do. And I know for sure that for a matter of fact that I wasn't doing what I wanted to do. And I've seen this so many times with clients uh, when they're trying to figure out their purpose and what the next step is. Because as we talked about getting a job, being stable, doing one thing, we get bored after, let's say, two, three months. The repetition just we, we get tired of it and we want to see a change. That's why the work dynamic has to consistently evolve. Um, and for someone such as yourself or like my, or like me, who are very, I'm more artsy, but I'm still a little entrepreneur style. Um, I like to change up what I do and I like to follow this. So getting to the point now, I've shut down fitness. If someone comes to me for health, if someone really? wants coaching, it's a higher ticket price because I don't specifically do it. And that's not a way to leverage how much money I make. In fact, money is not even a concern anymore. I'd like dissolve my ego with money. Um, it's simply just a resource. It's energy. And it comes and goes. You have good months, you have bad months. And then that's where the logical brain will come in and analyze all these details as to why it happens in good or bad situations. So now I'm heading more into a direction of helping personal trainers, online coaches, and also small businesses with their content distribution. Because for YouTube and social media, I find that I've always strived in being able to create YouTube content, to edit videos, to make it actually look good. I know what looks great and what looks bad. I can watch content, look at websites, look at landing pages. I can even read emails and understand if it's going to work or not because everything is about being intimate. One of my past clients talks a lot about omnipresence, relevancy, uh, being intimate as well, that same word. And without that, you're really not going to be seen as someone who has a voice. You're just somebody who's trying to sell or trying to make money or looks at people as objects. And that's not necessarily the ethical way that I do things. So I want to help people in my industry, specifically those trainers and coaches who've previously reached out and actually do it fully as a full-time career and change. So that I is like that. directly what I'm doing. Yeah. That's it's so much fun because here's the thing. Not everybody really knows like for me, it's second nature to pop on here and do con create content. Like I, I love it. Yeah. I'm a creator. My mindset is creating. I love a creative person like you. Um, I really don't even call myself an entrepreneur, really, because I mean, the side of business that I like is actually more aligned with my spiritual gift than it is anything. So I would rather just give it away. I mean, truthfully, which is, a, you know, maybe not the best business decision, but I like to create and I like to help people. And I have a heart for helping people be their best selves and be their live at their highest self or even from the business side, if they have a product, like helping it get to like its maximum potential. Like I like that. I like that side of it, but the business part of that doesn't really mean that much to me. I would rather create all day. I would rather, if I could, what I want to be able to do is to sit and write all day, create content, um, write books, like, that's what I really love to do. And in my free time, want to help people. And, and, and the purpose of what I'm doing with content and creation and writing is also to help people. But that's my heart. That's what I care about. That's what I love to do. That's what I want to do. That's what I'm creating is a world where I can do that. Um, and you're right about the money part. There's, you know, the money scarcity that happens for created, creative people um, is, is a very real thing, though. So I'd like to ask you, 
how did you get past, how did you get to that place where you remove the ego with money, where you were just like, hey, I'm just going to live in my heart and things are going to work out the way it is. How did you get there? Because creative people are not typically the best when it comes to money. It's a good question. Uh, it needs to be pondering. I'm, I'm trying to think of an answer that's applicable. It, it, it's kind of like a light switch. It just just feel it all of a sudden. Um, and don't get me wrong. I still have my months where it can be good and bad. Uh, like back when I was training, I had like three to four thousand dollars worth of clients just drop off, and that's when I realized that this whole game could be up and down in an instant. Nothing's linear. You know, there's a lot of bumps along the way. So um, number one is. The way I look at money, like the reason I look at it as an energy and a resource that way is because, you know, if you consistently worry about making money and having income, when you get to a comfortable level of making money, whether it's being a business owner where you manage a team or it's being a solopreneur where maybe you're a coach or consultant or you're someone who makes 10K a month, you know, a couple right. of clients, that, a couple of retainer clients can get you there. Um, you don't feel good if your only intention is money because then you have everything you need. There's an influx of money that you can bring in, if that's the right word, that is enough to live in modern society, depending where you live, obviously, you know. But for me, I realized that if I stop worrying about the money, then I'll be able to focus my energy more on what this is calling me to do. Because then when you make videos, when you talk to people, when you have sales calls, when you go in public, when you talk to friends, when you just go out to network, uh, you're going to come off more authentic. You're not going to be needy, worried, salesy. And that's very common information and advice from a lot of people. It's just you want to detach yourself and dissolve ego from that. How do you do that? I've tried a number of things and I'm, I'm main, I could be just like you, either you, Joshua, or those of you watching. Um, you know, it, it's a matter of like, I'm still learning. I've done a lot of meditation, September, 2017 until December. I did about 90 sessions in a row, day or two off of 45 minute meditations. And I was insanely focused. 45 minutes about that. I was, I was insanely focused and I did those to get out of my head. And I found that when I did it, I was I was a lot calmer, obviously. Um, some don't know that, but you get calm and then you see the clear picture. The answers come to you and the things you really want to create. You almost find the technical wiring in your brain to get it done because you're actually able to see it better and you're not distracted by fear, logical do you, thinking. Do you do guided meditations or do you do uh, do you just really just meditate in silence? I have done both. Uh, I don't have my headphones here, but I used to be a drummer and I have a pair of uh, headphones that really mask the sound. Can't hear anything. I put those on and I meditate in complete silence now. Um, and I only do about 15 to 20 minutes a day. Uh, I, I look, I, I do it for, I do it until I get the feeling I need to feel. And then I go, do you meditate? Um, I've been doing guided meditations. Um, recently but i don't i can't i don't last that long i do it in a, i do it in the sauna after my workout it's part of my routine and i'm getting to where i can at least go a couple minutes but i really focus hardcore on my breath and that's helped a lot um i've been trying them at night and to help me to sleep or to start dreaming again because i a lot of the answers that i'm looking for are my dreams and for some reason i've stopped dreaming or at least remembering them so I've been trying to get back to where I start dreaming again because I, back in the day when I wasn't having night terrors, my dreams gave me answers that I was looking for. So I'm experimenting. I'm doing a lot of different mind hacking stuff now because I recognize 
like I want to stay connected. That's important to me. And like I and being able to just to get out of my head and and focus solely on what I'm called to do and do that day in day out is important. And I'm finding that meditation is allowing me to stay in more in my body. I'm a real if you haven't figured out already, um, a high energy, charismatic guy, it's really, really easy for me to escape my body, especially when I get around other people because I get so excited like a little kid. And and then I, I set myself up for days of depression and doing that. So by meditating and staying more grounded, I'm finding that I'm happier, I'm more calm, my energy levels are better, but I'm not blowing it. You know what I mean? So it's like more of a slow burn as opposed to the the atom bomb. Boom. Like that's kind of what it's like. So I've been experimenting with that and I'm noticing that how much better I function, how much better I think and, and, and really just the better decisions I'm making. Yeah. And if I had to take that and, take it even further. I think when you meditate, you, you almost slow down your ability to, cause you're, we're all going to screw things up, right? We all make mistakes. Yeah. And it's the who, yeah. Well, I do too. I make tons of mistakes. So we're on that together. And I think a lot of those watching now or later will agree. We, we all make mistakes. And yeah. What about we, you, Dan? <laughs> yeah, mistakes too, you like that too? Yeah, I know, but that's the thing, right? Because um, this whole health thing, we, we do it because we're trying to feel a certain way, right? Most entrepreneurs, the reason you go into it is the freedom aspect uh, to do what they want. It doesn't mean you can go live on a beach, but I mean, you could if you want. You know, like it, it could be done. But I mean, there's always that inner feeling inside that drives us, but we can't always feel that. that fe- like once we find the feeling, how do we get back to always feeling that feeling? And that's why we do this stuff because most of the time everything around us. And it's funny because I realize a lot of the world is not that big into personal development and self-help. I think it's a small percentage in the single digits. So I realized that apparently, yes. Um, I was speaking with someone about this, uh, like a consultant and coach and his claim is that there's like a three to 4%. Four, I think it was like either two to 4% of people are into self-development, which I don't know if that's accurate. Um, that's I couldn't find nice. proof. If that's true, like, 90% in San Diego. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? Because like, that's the thing. Cause now we're looking at world population. But anyway, like the point is if, the, if it's such a small percentage of people that are into self-help it to us, it feels like almost everyone is, but then everyone around us then doesn't clearly think this way. They're using an old school uh, method of thinking. They're not learning how to evolve the brain. And that's why you encounter a lot of people who are so-called stuck or mildly depressed or unhappy but then you could trace this back to an experience they've had when they were either young, which we all have something happen when we're young, you know, child, teenagehood, and then our current day in life situation. Add on top of that nutrition, uh, nutrient deficiency. We're not eating right. We're not exercising our brain. We're not doing stimulating things to get our day going. You get stuck. And that's when a lot of these things create people out there in the world who are destructive or damaged. That's the word they use. And then that's when the real depression comes into play. Do you think do you think that it is by design that crap happens to us as kids so that we have the opportunity as adults? Like, do you think the crap that happens to us as children has to do with us discovering our purpose? Totally. totally. I agree. So, it's by, so that means it would be by design that crap happens and then we get to make this choice of being victims or claiming victory over that and then using that to 
make the world a better place or to help other people heal. Exactly. And I think a lot of us are, I think what's designed for us to feel like we're so restricted and stuck. So that in itself creates the insecurity, self-doubt, the problem in our head that, you know, create eternal problems in our reality. So, so it's hard. I can hear myself. <laughs> I think my point of that is when we recognize our problems, it's hard to correlate this because I can hear myself talking on your end. Sorry. Um, when we go through these issues, I find that it, it, it does mold us, right? Like it molds us to, to recognize it's, it's done by design. Basically, I'm going to take that back. Total brain fart. Um, I, I need to cut out more coffee then. So it's by design to make us feel like it's, it's it, so it's designed to make us go through this experience. Right. Mm-hmm. And that experience will then teach us to either think about what's going on and what we want, or we don't do that. And then we deal with what comes around us. And because so much of it can cloud people's perception and a lot of people don't believe in this energy and self-help within, even just analyzing internally how you feel, not the stuff around you, like, you know, the bed, the car, the TV, the computer, the watch. That's when you actually can understand yourself more wholesomely. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's the point I was trying to make before uh, yeah. <laughs> I didn't think for a second there because I kept hearing myself. <laughs> I um, I love it, man. I um, We don't have a lot of time because this is the afternoon show and I'm going to a mastermind. Ooh. And here, it, it, it really quick, I'm, I hope this is a new one for me to go to. I hope that this one's different than all the other crappy ones that I end up going to. And I got to tell you, it's so disappointing. I don't know why people pay so much money for masterminds when I've been to one. I've been to several that have uber successful people at it, and it's just garbage. I, I wish someone had just changed the name of them. Like, I, I really do. I mean, it's it's like the poor man's country club or it's the country club without golf or I don't know. I, can't, I I've yet to go to a mastermind that found it. There was value and people willing to collaborate. It's either a dog and pony show of look what I've got. But none of it has to do with what the original masterminds were created for. So I'm hoping this one's different. Like, I hope I get yeah. to come on here tomorrow morning and or tonight. I'm doing a six o'clock show. I hope. I get to come on here and talk about this amazing mastermind where people were there to collaborate and work together because all the other ones have just been a joke. That's, that's funny though. That's kind of the reason that's actually why I've, I've changed my direction though, you know, because I see a lot of people out there who build businesses to help the audience I serve, but then they scaled it so much that they can't provide the value because they may have brought on coaches and trainers that work underneath them, but people aren't buying they're buying you. They're not buying those coaches and those coaches sometimes aren't relevant. They can't help set individual with their problem with their yeah. business. And that to me sounds like the same issue that can happen in a mastermind. You pay a thousand bucks, pay 5,000, 10,000. I've heard of masterminds that are a hundred thousand. I for one am at a position where I don't need to pay for that, but guidance and having accountability in a circle is definitely crucial. But if you can't, if you, if you consistently join masterminds though, and you, you find people that, are successful, but they're not giving you that path to success, that information. Um, and by that, I mean, there isn't one way. There are many ways. But if you go to a mastermind and it's not helping you, then what are they trying to do? And why are they there? And it makes you really think about what their psychology is behind this. 
it's a bleeping like I, I almost want to say a Ponzi scheme. I <laughs> and it's and I'm, I'm look and I know I know a lot of people like um, Marshall Gillian. I know he has a mastermind that people get a lot of value. I just haven't been to that, and I have this rule that I won't pay for one either. I get invited to go so that they can try to upsell me into buying one. But every time I'm like, no one's getting value here. Like if you want to give me, okay, I'll tell you what, I'm going to start a mastermind today and um, it's going to be a hundred thousand dollars and we're going to take 99.9% of it and we're going to donate it. And then we're going to go have a good party with the rest of it. There you go. Who want, who's in, who's in, I mean, and then we can just talk and collaborate for free. How about that? Like, I would be like better. to see yeah, exactly. someone do a mastermind to start solving some of the world's problems, not figuring out how to make more money. Because it's obvious you, they have a brain to make money because they created a mastermind. But let's start solving some problems that are in our own backyard. Like, that would make sense. If there was a mastermind for that, I'd pay for that. I think it would be better. No, I agree. And I think it would make more sense if the mastermind was specific in what it's targeting. Like, there's some that do really well on um, certain events, like just like baby bathwater that goes out every couple months. Um, and, and, and that's good because you meet with a hundred, you, you go and you meet with hundreds of entrepreneurs and that's where you can, you're there to network. If you go to an event or a mastermind, um, and you don't talk to people and you don't learn to be vulnerable and very intimate with other people, like be truthful, tell them your worst stories, then you're not going to be able to let go and to be open and free to accepting. You know, like I said earlier, it took me going to New York for five days to really understand if what I'm doing is the right thing. Right. And then further meeting up with a past client and mentor who gave me more advice and direction on how to not be a slave to the business and how to grow it as a team and automate. Um, you know what I mean? It's those moments there that are precious because I didn't need a mastermind. I had to tap into my own network, meet people, go to events, go to parties, talk to people. You know, I've been going to entrepreneur parties for the last two and a half months. A close friend of mine here in Toronto hosts them. Every time it's like 10 to 20 people show up. I meet Facebook ad experts. I meet video marketers. I, I meet people who do finance, who do project management courses, things that are so unique and not so mainstream, like Facebook course, uh, Facebook ad courses and, you know, how to create a funnel. You know, the world has evolved these days. So masterminds, I'm in two right now. Um, and the one, and I just joined a new one. It's just tough to make the times on it for me. But this, the first one I was in, uh, we formed one after a seminar event I went to. Like eight of us came together. We built a mastermind totally free. And we just meet up every three to four weeks, monthly. We just talk. And sometimes the information is very helpful. And sometimes it's very, um, it, it's a lot of uh, calling out on excuses. And I got, I've gotten called out so many times. But that helps me see what I'm not seeing, the blinders. And it allows me to choose, am I really wanting to do this? Should I do it this way? You know what I mean? So you learn to pick up, you learn to understand what's wrong and you pick up those pieces and apply it the way that you need to apply it. See, that sounds of value. And another thing too, like when people go to networking events, I want to ask you, I have one last question to you, but I want yep. to say this point. I, when people go to networking events, don't bring a business card if you don't intend on actually calling people back. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you're going to pass out your card and they contact you, then you should contact them back because you never know what you're missing. And that is one of the biggest problems. It is such, this is like one of the most basic principles in the world. But when someone calls you and has something for you or they're interested in your business, it's a good idea to return their phone call. I, I, I have four business cards. I'd love to show them on screen, but just in case if they ever decide to call back, if they're watching this, um, I've had business for them multiple times and they don't call back. 
I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? Like, you can't be making that much money that you're too good to return a phone call with somebody offering you business. That is madness. Like, don't even go to the networking event if you're not going to call people back. It's just retarded to me. No, anyway, it's true. So we started this off talking about vulnerability. And that is so. And we I wanted to talk about that, but we've talked about other interesting things. So we'll screw book it. another one. But <laughs> we'll, we'll book another show and talk about vulnerability. But I want to ask one question. Because men are so scared to be vulnerable as a whole. How has vulnerability, how has vulnerability empowered you? So number one, when you're able to understand who you are and why you're facing problems in today's world, the more you're able to condition your mind to be okay with it. And it ties back to the money concept. When you're okay with facing the reality of it, and you let that go, and you realize that nothing bad has never really happened, depending on the person, some things do happen, you, like, you, you open yourself up to it with questioning. You're okay with it. You're like, why? okay, why do I feel this way? Why am I so upset? Why did I cry yesterday? You know how many men don't cr- Men cry and no one admits it. People think men have to be strong, which is true, but that's the thing. When you can admit the – when you can be honest about the vulnerability in yourself, specifically for men, it applies to women too – the better you can grow and learn because you get stronger. And this book, The Way of the Superior Man. Oop, then no. Yeah, The Way of the Superior Man. Um, this book itself talks a lot about spiritual guidance and mastering challenges of woman, uh, women, work, and sexual desire. Because what this, because for me, I talk to a lot of guys these days too. It's almost like I do everything. I swear to God, it's not my choice. Uh, I find a lot of men are insecure these days and it may explain the female uprising, I'm not saying they shouldn't I have no opinions on that. I think a lot of men need to wake up and become more vulnerable and be more truthful of their feminine side, but also become more masculine. Too many men are feminine and too, and that's where you create sissy men where they're too afraid and they're too afraid to speak up. They're, they're socially awkward. I'm a good example of that actually. So I'm part of this. That's why I only speak about it because I am in that, but reading a book like the way of the superior man, you almost start to learn how to do everything because it's for you here. It's for your purpose. It's not for the, mm-hmm. it's not for the relationship. It's not for this, it's not for that. A man's true purpose and direction is what drives him. And if there is zero fulfillment on that, then there is going to be so much bad karma that comes your way. And I can, I can raise my hand and talk about how many times I've had people wish bad luck on me, talk down to me, talk negative towards me. But then I just look at that and say, wow, they're having a bad day. Yeah, it's not about you at all. And, and they're upset. And then all this stuff, because how many people are, are reactive to that stuff, right? And this does tie into vulnerability because when you go to YouTube and Facebook or ads and you look at all these comments that are negative, these quick keyboard warrior responses, there's no time to think about what said video or topic or whatever it is that's making them feel. And it's a long answer here, but this is the stuff people need. Um, yeah. Both men and women. And don't get me wrong. There is a female version of this book by the same author. Uh, author is David uh, Data Dita. And he's a, he's a, he's a, he's a, he's, a, he's amazing in what he writes. It'll change you. So any person I meet who is not vulnerable, who can't write anything um, about their past, how they feel, being truthful, they got to read this book or at least do something to open up their thought process. You know, privacy is big, but being more public allows you to feel better here. Heck yeah, especially if you're trying to be a brand. 
Listen, Jamie, I'm dude. We're gonna have to like book something sooner than six months uh, this time around. Uh, but I'm very grateful that you came on the show. I appreciate you so much, man. And uh, let's do this again. And like, I I had a great time, man. I really want to do this again. And I would keep going if I didn't have to leave. Yeah. So let's plan this next one about vulnerability, um, and then that way, because I'm writing a book on that right now too. Okay. Which is awesome. So we'll stay, um, we'll stay focused on topic too. <laughs> I'll have more. Yeah. I'm going to have to put a, see, I had a notepad here on my screen saying like, you know, what, like what topics to go into, but then I just minimized it. So there you go. But yeah, we'll talk about vulnerability next time. And if that book I'm writing is done, then we could dive into that a little bit more too. Amen. <laughs> man. Appreciate you. Thank have you. a great time. Cheers. See ya. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening on iHeartRadio, Spreaker, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, iHeartRadio iTunes. Good to see you. Thank you guys so much. Facebook, God bless you guys. Thank you so much for joining us. See you soon.